Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in. You were once a prisoner, held captive by fear, by prejudice, by sin, anger, addiction. But here's the thing, that prison no longer exists. Those walls have been torn down. What once held you captive now lays in ruins. You have been set free, redeemed, renewed, and God continues creating by bringing your soul to life. Where there was a prison, there is now a playground. Where there was despair, we find a wellspring of joy. Where there was death, we are given life. Christ has set us free. So live in that freedom. Lift your voice. Clap your hands. Find your joy and set it free. For you are a prisoner no longer. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. We're going to read verses 1 through 10 from the uh, Passion Translation. And it reads like this. So now... The case is closed. Somebody say, the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Christ, with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. We've been liberated through Jesus from the law of sin and death, right? From works. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish. For for Jesus achieved. For God achieved what our works could never achieve. Listen now. Because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent, yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's Son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. I want you to know something. He didn't say he was condemning and guilting people. He said he was condemning and guilting the power of sin. Any condemnation that does not condemn the sin issue in you is not of God. Hello. If you feel the condemnation, if it's on you, it ain't God. I just want to throw that out there. Verse 4 says, so now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. And we are free to live, not according to our flesh, but 
by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Those who are, this is, this is our topic scripture here. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses, somebody say impulses, of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the sense and reason of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. No matter how hard you try, God finds no pleasure with those whose mindset is controlled by the flesh. I don't know why I'm talking like this, but I felt the Spirit just, just say it in that, that way. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And if you are joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are not. And if you are not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are not of Him. Now Christ lives his life in you. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Some of y'all need to take that verse and just put it on your car window every day and read it. Every morning, your mirror. Now Christ lives in you. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, even though you got issues, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. My Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to say this morning. I pray that you speak to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The series Young, Wild, and Free uh, has been a series discussing the presence of God, his purpose has been set up uh, for us to have a deeper understanding of the presence of God so that our lives are enriched. Amen? My goal in this series has been to deconstruct the mindset of the presence of God being about this feeling that we feel when the music is good. Amen? Um, and to rebuild on the truth that God's presence it's not just a feeling that we feel, but it's actually the cornerstone of our faith. It is the, the guiding principle of how we live in our faith. In this series, we discuss many things. First being our response to God's presence and how it should be sought after, cared for, and celebrated. And we learned that through uh, David in the scriptures, where he brought the Ark of the Covenant of God back to Israel. The Ark of the Covenant of God was a physical representation of God's presence in the Old Testament. And David brought it back to Israel. Then we discussed how God's manifest presence is Jesus. We talked about that last week. That it's not just a spooky atmosphere out in here somewhere. The Bible talks about that God was fully pleased to manifest himself completely in Jesus. Amen? So, we talked about last week, uh, they met Jesus, and we learned from Luke 
about the purposes of Christ and how that applies to our life. I encourage you, if you're watching online or if you're in here and you hadn't watched them, to go back and watch those two messages uh, as they are two foundational messages uh, to this series. Amen? Today, as we continue our series on the presence of God, though, I want to discuss the benefits. Somebody say the benefits. Now, when we say benefits, everybody should smile. Ooh, because you know we got them benefits, boy. You can get a job, but then they say, this is a job with benefits. Hey, I felt. Y'all ever been in? No, I'm just kidding. They tell me that in the interview, just an organ come out of nowhere. Oh, glory. Job with benefits, anyways. <laughs> um, but I want to discuss the benefits of the presence of God in our lives. It's a beautiful revelation to live with the notion and knowing that God's working in our life isn't absent of benefits. Amen? God's working in your life is not absent of benefits. For we must always recognize that every work of God, hear me, every work of God in our lives makes our lives better. Y'all believe that? Shake your head something if you're tracking with me. Type it in the, in the comments. Let me know you're with me. The work of God in our lives is always a beautiful picture of forward progress. You hear me? Even when it hurts. Because how many of you know sometimes when God's doing work in your life, it hurts? It don't feel good. Amen? Sometimes when God's working, it feels like he's stripping stuff away. Or he's got us paused or standing still. And even in those times where it feels like God is stripping stuff away or you're just waiting or waiting and waiting, the Bible very clearly teaches that it's still forward progress for God. It's forward momentum. What we feel like is waiting is God working and walking us toward our destiny. What we feel like is hurting us is actually God healing us or freeing us. And it's momentum towards our destiny. Why is that? Because God knows all and sees all, right? The Bible says that he's Alpha and Omega. He stands at the beginning and fully knows the ending. Did you hear me? And so every ending that God has determined that we will discover through our faith and trust in him is always better for us. Do I need to say I'm going to say that one more time because y'all quiet in this Baptist, Pentecostal, whatever kind of church. Every ending that God has determined, hear me, when we discover it through our faith and trust in him, we will always realize that it's better for us. Amen. So the presence of God working in our life provides benefits, and as we continually put our faith and trust in him, we can rest assured that we will receive every blessing, every blessing, these various trials and tribulations that we're experiencing. We'll receive every blessing that God has for us attached to these trials and tribulations. Amen. 
This is, this is a great thing to, 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 to ponder on because, because it makes you realize that God doesn't work in your life without leaving you better. And I know some of us have gone to church and we've been hurt and we've done all this stuff. And I, and I just want you to hear me. Listen to me. Church hurt is not of God. It's not the plan of God for your life. You should, it shouldn't even really be a term. Amen. But it happens. Spiritual abuse happens. That is not God. That is people. Hello. But when God is in your life, everything that he plans for your life ends with your life being better. It's a benefit. Somebody say benefits. So today I want to share seven scriptural truths about the benefits of the presence of God that we will experience as we place our faith, hope, and trust in him. First of all, to set this up, Romans 8 is talking to us about position in Christ. Somebody say position. Understand something. Um, and, and this is what you got to realize. Every, every time that you have an encounter with Christ, you have to remember that you are positioned as a son or daughter of Christ. Amen? So you don't, if you, if we don't get that right off the jump, we will walk into the presence of God acting like beggars. And we do it. We do it in our worship songs. We do it in our, oh, God, please help me show up, do something. And God's like, I've done the work. Stop begging. I, listen, if y'all want to see me walk out of a worship room, a worship thing, let them start begging. I'd be like that. I could be crying, and they start begging. I'm like, what is this? Why? Because God never, my children, I get annoyed when they beg. All the parents say to amen. You'd be like, stop all that begging. Just say what you need. Tell me what you want. Why are you begging? You don't need to beg. You're my child. If I got it, I'll give it to you. If I can make it happen, I'll give it. If I think it's good for you, it's yours. You, understand? you see how that works? And we get in worship. And, and so, so if we don't get our mindset right from the jump, if we don't understand that when we encounter the presence of God, we are encountering the presence of God as a son or daughter, we will walk into God's presence and we will beg and we'll plea and we'll act all guilty and all this stuff. That is not how God works. You get benefits because you're fully accepted, not because you beg for it. Well, I prayed 20 times this week, Lord. And God's like, you could have prayed half of one time. I already worked it out. I already had a plan. I already knew what it was it, before the foundations of the world. I set this thing in order. I worked it out. You're just now discovering it. I'm way past it. <laughs> Amen. Well, Lord, I need, I, need to, I need to know if you're with me. You here, right? You woke up this morning, right? 
Come on, somebody. So if we don't get that, if we don't understand Romans 8, if we don't get this, this mindset that we are sons and daughters of God, we're positioned as, 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 as people in the royal household, that we are children of God, then these benefits really don't mean anything. But I'm just going to go off the fact that we all understand it. Amen? We all believe that. If you don't believe that, I just want you to hear me. You are a child of God. You need to approach this from the position of a child. Amen? In the house. First thing is this. The presence of God, the presence of God provides rest. Coming out the gate strong. Rest. Exodus 33, 14 says this, listen. And he said, my presence will go with you. Listen, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. <laughs> my presence will go with you. Where are we going? Because wherever you go, God says, my presence will go with you. But if my presence come, I'm giving you rest. See, this is where Moses is encouraged by God that he would go to Israel. Uh, he would go with him to Israel. Right? So uh, Moses is encouraged by God that he would go with Israel and Moses. God's presence is going with them, and it is only his presence that they can uh, because of his presence, that they can ever truly rest. Right? His presence provides rest. It's only because of the true presence of God that you can understand how to have a season of rest. How you are not to live your life based on works. Not live your life trying to make everything happen and conjuring and work it up. And, oh, my God, if I, if I do this, if I fast, if I pray, if I do all these things, God's going to be pleased with me and then he's going to bless me. No. See, we've got it all messed up because we think works brings our blessing, but God says rest brings the blessing. You know what work brings? Anxiety. Works brings distrust. Works brings you thinking you got it under control. Amen. But God flips it. He says, I don't need you to work. I need you to rest. It's, it's, it's almost like when a bride goes to try on a dress. Y'all ever done that before? Huh? They go try on a, uh, a dress, and, and, and then they literally, most of the time, you know, unless they're looking at the dress, they, they get to just chill for a moment. Just, and they bring you the dress. What should be very stressful, and for most women, for some reason it is, could be restful if they understood the process because the person wants to work on your behalf. Because they don't want you to stress yourself trying to worry about picking out the correct dress. It doesn't need, you don't need to worry about the hymns. You don't need to worry about any of that. All I need you to do is rest and tell me what you like, baby. 
and I'm going to take care of it. Come on, somebody. And God works like this. He says, I will bless you, but I don't need you to be a part of working it out. I don't need you to be a part of trying to figure out the details. I just need you to listen and follow. Because when I tell you to go, I want you to go. But when I say rest, rest. Sit down. Wait. But go when I say go. Amen? Somebody say rest. It's resting in the knowledge that God's going to go with them every step of the way. This type of relationship, a person who is close to God, this is the type of relationship, uh, a person who is close to God, uh, and why it was written about Moses that it says that, that the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Check that out. And you, so, so if you want friendship with God, somebody say friendship, you got to learn how to rest. Now, I know, you know, like, because in the world we live in, everybody's like, go, 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 build, 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 you know, dream, dream big, dream big, dream, you know. You got to be this kind of person. You got to really be going after it. But God says, no, I want you to rest. Somebody say rest. We think rest means, and I think we got it all mixed up because we, I'm going to move past this one. I want to spend a little time here because we think rest means inactivity. Don't do nothing. You ain't got nothing to do with that. You ever heard the term rest on your feet? Rest on your feet is somebody telling you to stand, right? When they say rest on your feet, they're saying stand, but they're also instructing you to wait until you're told to move. Rest on your feet is a term that tells people Stand with anticipation. Amen. And God's like rest. Somebody say rest. Rest. Wait with anticipation. Next is the presence of God provides community. The presence of God provides community. Matthew 18, 20 says, For where there are two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. If we want God to move in our church and if we want God to move in our lives, we cannot do it living in a vacuum. Well, I, I, I don't need nobody else. I'm just me and God and nobody else. Long as I got King Jesus, I don't need no... That is the most messed up. I love the song. Believe me now, I'm not trying to knock the song. Come on, somebody. But theologically, it's the most messed up song that we have. Because as long as you got King Jesus, you need everybody else. Amen. I don't need nobody. Long as I got, we used to say that thing. Long, 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 long. 
get all happy. Don't need nobody else, you know. Choir singing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't need nobody else. Come on, tennis. We get real happy singing that song. Dis- declaring everything that goes against Scripture. I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm destroying a sacred crowd right now, but but Jesus said, if you want my presence, you want me to be there, you need at least two or three. Oh. But, but I thought I didn't need nobody else, Jesus. Uh-huh, you, you thought wrong. Because I show up and I bring community. Because a part of Jesus, there is always reconciliation. There's always peace. There's always Dwelling uh, together in unity. Amen. So if Jesus is a part of it, it's going to have an element of community. If Jesus is a part of it, if his presence is there, his presence brings community. And people say, well, you know, I got saved and, and, you know, I just had to leave all my friends and I ain't got no friends now. Let me tell you what. You might want to go back and really... Have a talk with the Lord. Amen. Because a part of God's presence working in your life is an element of community. Come on, somebody. Now hear me. I know. I know. I'm married to an introvert. And I know introverts like the introvert. Come on. And they like to not be around nobody. Sometimes Aaron be like, I don't even want to see you. Get out of the room. Bye. I'm like, God, hey, boy. You ever notice, though, introverts like being around other introverts? It, just, it don't make sense to me. I'm an introvert, but I'm going to be, I'll hang with seven introverts because we all ain't going to talk to each other too much. <laughs> we know the limits of what we can all take. <laughs> Extroverts just be going at it, you know. We just over talking each other, slapping each other on the neck. And, hey! Introverts be like, don't you touch me, y'all. <laughs> they have like the most civil, organized conversation. Everybody get quiet and wait for the other person to talk. Oh, that's great. Can I share now? I was thinking the other day. I'm just kidding. I'm going to stop messing with y'all introverts. But you get what I'm saying. I, I, I know that, you know, we have our personality traits, we have our thing, our Enneagram numbers, all that kind of stuff. But listen, hear me. God's presence still brings community. Amen? Find you two or three people that you can tolerate. That you can love, that you can hang out with, that you can talk to, that you can pick up the phone to call when you're having a tough time and you know you need somebody to pray with you. Amen? You ain't got to be extrovert. Everybody ain't got to be your best friend. But get you somebody that you can trust and you can depend on and that you can talk to and share the deep things. That you can be real with. 
because most of us live in life and we're hard because we don't have anybody we can talk to. We don't have anybody we can just talk to and tell and be real with. So we push everybody away. And then we feel like we got to go through it by ourselves. And we got to journey through this thing by ourselves. But that's not how God works. Amen? So the presence of God uh, provides community. Next thing is this. The presence of God provides protection. Somebody say the presence of God provides protection. 1 John 4, 16 says, Now, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Essentially, he was saying, if you have the presence of God in you, you're abiding under God's protection. Amen? But on the flip side, God protects those who are in him. Amen. So his presence comes pro, somebody say protection. Somebody say protection. So whatever's going on in your life, a benefit of the presence of God, a God working in your life is protection. Amen. Well, you could have been down the pathway. You could have did this thing. You could have did that. But God was on your side the entire time. He is protecting you. He's watching over you. He's covering you. He's keeping you. He's there in the midnight hour. He's there, when, as David said, when I make my bed in hell. He's always there protecting you. Amen. Why? Because... God always protects his children. A father protects his children. Amen. Anybody in here? I mean, that would be kind of a, I don't know. My dad wasn't around, so I don't really know. But I imagine if my dad saw something go down in my life, whether he was around or not, unless he's just not a great person. I imagine, y'all like them effects, don't you? I imagine that God would have, um, I mean, not God, but my dad would have protected me if something would have went down and he saw it. Amen. So the presence of God provides protection. Somebody say protection. You need to understand that. So when you're walking through and going through your life and, and, and dealing with the things you're dealing with and having this and all this going on, God is protecting you. Somebody say protection. Next is the presence of God. I need to get through these because I don't want y'all to be here till midnight. i get you out before Waffle House close. I promise you. The presence of God also brings direction. 
provides direction. Genesis 28, 15, behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I, I have done what I have promised. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible because when God's presence is on it, God's presence always works to completion. Amen. God has never made a promise that he hasn't kept. I'm going to say it one more time for the people in the back. God has not made a promise that he has not kept. Why do we think and why do we believe that when God says he will do something, we struggle with it? Well, he said he would do it, but I don't really know if he's going to do it. Let me tell you something. If he said he would do it, he will do it. Somebody say do it. His promise, I mean, his presence provides direction. So, even if he said it, he made a promise, he said he would do it, guess what? He will also watch over his word to make sure it comes to pass, which means he's going to give you direction and he's going to guide you and send up. This is why the Holy Spirit came, to guide us and direct us, to tell us the things of God, to, to, to tell us because it searched the mind of God and it knows the things of God. And so he brings direction. God don't know which way to go. Let me tell you something. Some of us need to learn how to just stop, pray, and listen. I feel like that should be a song. Stop, pray, and listen. That's rich like, I know what you just did. I see what you just did. Some of us, though, on a serious note, we need to actively and intentionally learn how to, when we pray, stop, and listen for direction. Because some of us praying, we're just going about our business. And God's sending you sign after sign after sign. He's telling you moment after moment what you need to do, but you ain't listening. Just, just, just not listening. Earlier this week, I'll tell you a story real quick. Uh, uh, Logan, his family here, and they're, they're looking for a house, and we've been talking about you know, what you know, things, and they, they looked at houses and, and believing for God to show up and this and that. And uh, Sunday, I don't know if y'all were here Sunday, but Sunday I was praying for them, and God gave me a word that the next five years of their life, it was going to be amazing blessing that they were going to ministry, take off this and that. And then, then through the week, I just start praying for them at night when I would pray for them at night because we were praying about the house situation. And God, only thing I would hear God say is five. And I'm like, five? Five? So I'm looking up five, what does the number of five mean? What's the significance of five? It's grace and mercy and all this. Oh, great. Oh, holler, that'll preach. And it's five, and I'm just going, and, and, and then one night I just texted him. I said, listen, I, I keep looking up. Um, I keep looking up. I mean, keep praying for you guys, and the only thing I keep hearing is the number five. That's all I keep hearing is five. And then he tells me that he had been hearing the number five for a long time. The guy had been sharing in his spirit the number five. And then we get to this thing. Now, listen, listen, this is how God works, right? We get to this moment, they have to make a decision whether they're going to leave or stay to look at a house that they found that they really like. And they hadn't made any offers on houses, but this house was nice. And it showed up the day that they was, the night before it was supposed to leave. They were supposed to leave. 
The next day they had to decide, are we leaving or are we staying? So they decided to stay. And then they went and looked at it the next day. So they pushed their flight. Listen to this. They pushed their flight to Monday. Tomorrow. Monday. Y'all may not get happy over this, but this is how I believe God works because he's, a, he's an amazing God. Now, we don't know what, what's going on with the house. I, we don't know yet. But what we know is we, heard, we believe we heard and followed the voice of God. So Wednesday is when we talked about the number five. They pushed their flight. And he prayed and said, God, if you want us to stay, don't make, I don't want it to cost extra on the flight at all. And he calls. The guy says, normally this would charge, but for some reason it's just the system is just not charging you. Come on, somebody. I fell off. Come on. Y'all, see, y'all ain't getting happy. And they said, the, the system just ain't charging you for some reason. Okay, there's God working. So we, we can push your flight to Monday, five days after. Come on, five. Somebody say five. And then we get to the, the house thing, and they go look at the house, and we realize, how many houses y'all done looked at? Four? This is number five. What? I'm telling you, if you stop and listen, God is speaking. If you stop and listen, he's speaking. It is not, we don't live in a time where God is not speaking. I know churches are preaching this and pastors are preaching this, but the devil is a liar. God is still speaking if you listen. People keep saying, well, you can't, you can't audibly hear. I heard, audibly heard God when I met my wife. I was walking across the middle of a room and the guy said, straighten up, you're about to meet your wife. And I turned the corner and there she was. Hello, I was supposed to go to California, and my friend prophesied that I was going to meet a white girl who was going to have red hair, and there's going to be a faux out, and that's going to be my wife. And I looked at him, I said, I'm not going to California, you're a false prophet. And I'm at church worshiping one night, I look across the room, and there's Aaron, white girl, red faux hawk, all of it. I said, the And I saw her across the room, and I didn't see her again. And I was walking across the auditorium and said, God, straight, God said, straighten up, you're about to meet your wife. And I turned the corner, and guess who it was? Red Faux Hawk Girl. <laughs> you can't tell me God ain't speaking and giving direction. The devil's like, we're just not listening. Oh, Jesus. I'm tired of this new age church where we don't believe God can do what he said he would do. We were talking about this last night. Man, I'm about to get all off my notes right now, okay? But we were talking about this last night because I'm tired of these churches where we don't see the miracles of God and we don't see the working of God because we're so bent on making sure our production is good. We need miracles, signs, and wonders to return to the church again. People need healing. People need direction. People need to see and experience the presence of God in tangible ways. Come on, somebody. I don't want to just be saved. I want to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, fire, baptized, on my way to heaven, all that stuff. Come on. But I also want to know the voice of God. And I want to be able to stand in a room where nobody's speaking and hear God say, this person needs this, and that person needs this encouragement, and that person needs this encouragement, and I want to be able to share those words. Yeah. 
I want us to be the kind of church that when we're in the grocery store and God says, lay hands on that woman, she needs a healing, you will be in bold and courageous enough to walk up to her and say, can I pray for you? God told me to lay hands on you. Manifested gifts, manifested things happening. I want us to have revival, not in this building, but in the street. But people see and experience the, the presence of God. The weight of God that's carried on your life. The weight of his glory. I don't want you to just come to church. I want you to carry the church with you everywhere you go. I'm tired of this new age, you know, patty cake church. And, we, you know, we sang out 30 minutes and then we're done. I want deep wells of revival. I want people to know that God loves them unconditionally. Amen? Presence of God provides direction. Ah. I'm just, I'm not even finishing these notes. I feel like God's, I, I just feel like God wants to stop right there. Wants to lay in this plane right here. On this thought. And that is the fact that God, listen, I, I, I want to announce to you, church, prevail. If you're watching the line, you call this your home church, or if you're searching this out. But what God is wanting to do here is dig a deep well. Amen? A deep well, a deep sense of community, a deep sense and well of diversity, a deep sense of of, of acceptance, a deep sense and well of sonship and daughtership when it comes to the presence of God, a deep well. This is what God wants to do. Listen, and, and, and with that well comes manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. It comes when you prophesy and when you speak in tongues and you do all these things. You get what I'm saying? Manifestation of laying on the hands and people being healed and laying on, you know, manifestation of getting revelation of the knowledge of Scripture and revelation and interpretation. This is what I'm talking about for prevail. A deep well. Not this old patty cake church where we take it well. Oh God. No, I want us to come in here every single Sunday and people are saved and set free. What do you mean, Fred? Set free from what? Set free from the works of their lives. Do you know that sin is just another work? Sin is still just works? Well, I ain't sin. Well, you think you got God under your control. That's works. Hey, man, coming over there today. Preaching today, boy. I'm telling you, this is what God is asking of us. It's time to take the limits off. It's time to break off these chains. Guys, we have been walking slowly towards the destiny that God has for this church, but I'm telling you, God is going to put us in full-on sprint, and we're going to go after this thing like never before because it is time. 
It's time. Somebody say it's time. I grew up in a church where we saw miracles every week. We saw miracles in prayer services, one-hour prayer times. Come on, somebody. We didn't need all the pianos and all the stuff going on. You walk in the room and they'd be like, uh, come here. I was telling them last night, I grew up in a church where if you got sick, your mama took you to church. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You sick? Oh, we're going to church tonight. They're going to lay hands on you, boy. <laughs> no, mama, mom throwing up and pooping every night. You, you better not poop your pants while they're praying for you. That's the kind of church I grew up in. Told him a story last night, and I think I've told this story before. A lady lost her son. Told the doctor. The doctor said, we need to schedule your pregnancy you know, for you to deliver your stillborn. And she said, no, I'm going to church. And I'm going to ask the elders to pray for me. And she got there, and they prayed for her, and that baby started kicking, and the church went crazy because her baby was dead in the womb for two weeks. No sign of life. But when God has his hand on your life, nothing that is dead, it's not impossible for it to come back to life. Amen? You get what I'm saying? This is how God works. And we need to get back to what we believe in the manifest presence of God to bring signs, miracles, and wonders to our presence, I mean to our places of worship so we can actually see and experience God like never before. And I'm tired. Listen, I want you to hear me. I don't want us to start. We got to come in here and be ready because God is going to show up in our environments and we're going to carry this with us everywhere we go. I want you to be the people of God that can hear the word of God and speak it. Hear and follow. Hear and obey. Amen? There will come a time where church, where you you'll come to church, it is not all about you. <laughs> Hallelujah. You'll be like, you know what? going through, but I'm here to lift up the king. I already know who my savior is. I know he's got my back. Amen? Can you stand? Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, thank you that you interrupt messages and you say what you need to say. God, I know I had what I had written, but you had what you wanted to say, and I, I will always lay down what I write to follow you. And I pray, God, that we were encouraged today, that we were challenged today, and that your voice was heard in this message. Uh, God, I thank you that you are such a good God, and that today, you're watching over us and you're protecting us. And I, I pray, God, that you begin to speak to your people. God, in the middle of the grocery store, let your voice be heard. In the middle of riding down the road, let your voice be heard. While we're working, God, let us hear your voice. God, let us feel and know those pushes, those impulses of the Holy Spirit. And let us, let us be courageous enough to respond. God, we're not ashamed of you. We're not ashamed of your gospel. And I thank you, God, 
that you would use everyone in this building, everyone on, online that's connected to us. You use us in ways that blesses your people. And I thank you right now. I decree and declare that in prevail, signs, miracles, and wonders will return to the church. There will be healings. There will be uh, miracles. There will be words of knowledge. There will be words of affirmation. There will be words, God, prophetic words, destiny words, God, challenging words, correcting words, all of it, God. I thank you that you let this be a voice, a house where your voice is continually speaking. Your hand is continually healing. And God, where you're continually charging us to go and change the world. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in.